I think, and deep down, we're all a little crazy if we really tapped into it. Podcast junkies, we are officially 25 episodes old, quarter of a century. High five to us. Thanks for joining us. We have Nicole Welsh uh, in today's episode, and we met at Podcast Movement as well, common thread in the past couple of episodes. Um, Similar to how John Corcoran and I talked about the power of networking, um, we talk similarly with Nicole about the power of podcasting. She's also a coach and um, communication slash psychology expert, and she teaches sociology um, at, at college, and she's also lived in Honduras for three years helping coach gang members. So she's really got an interesting past. And I think a lot of that experience goes into her show. And she just has this knack for getting real conversations out of men. She's had folks like Srinivas Rao, um, Jordan Harbinger on the show. And she's just really brings a lot of energy to everything she does. And this episode was no different. She's also a fan of Tim Ferriss. And, and we talk about Tony Robbins as well and some of the inspirational uh, feedback and messages that, that that they give us. But she's just a, a genuine person and we've got uh, really good chemistry. And uh, we also have uh, some fun on the show. So I think I know you'll enjoy this episode and get, get, send me any feedback you have through the site or through a comment on the show notes page, podcastjunkies.com slash 25. Enjoy. So thanks for coming on Podcast Junkies, Nicole. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> I just love the name, Podcast Junkies. Everyone usually has a good reaction when they hear it. So it's just, it was in, I was inspired uh, from New Media Expo and it just came to me in an aha nice. moment. And I like that you keep your names because you just told me the name of your other one that you're going to do. Yeah. I don't know if I should let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, sure. Uh, productivity sauce. It's kind of saucy. Uh, I like that you keep it to two words. I like that. Makes the logo design a bit easier. Yeah, and it just makes it, yeah, there's something about twos and titles that should be, I mean, I should take my own advice. That's like way too long. Real time, real men only, but. Do people ever uh, mention Bill Maher's show? Uh-uh. When they talk about your show? Or, no, because it's no. Bill Maher's real, real, time with, real Time with Bill Maher, I think, it, or something like that. Is it? I well, so. I mean, real time actually is really, um, it is very used. So I've seen it in TV, video, production stuff. So yeah, no, I haven't heard of that. Hmm. How many uh, permutations of the podcast did you go through before you landed on this one? Oh, um, like not many. I'm, I'm just do it and just get it going and I'll work the kinks out as I go. I am so unlike other podcasters where they're like real perfectionists and even talking with you, you're like, I'm going to test this and I'm going to go through, you know, and I'm not like that at all. I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to launch it. I'll throw this name. If I don't like it. I mean, and John Lee Dumas did kind of encourage me. He was like, you don't like the logo. He's like, it took me two years to work on my logo and just change it. And I was like, yeah, my, my logo I didn't have anything really. And I'm still like evolving with stuff, but I'm so more into the content and talking to interesting people that I, I just didn't really care. Yeah. So. I think at the end of the day, I found that uh, several folks in John's program have had a lot of success, uh, namely Chris Arone with his, he was 
mm-hmm. actually proud of his uh, what do you call it, janky artwork <laughs> for, yes. for the longest yes. time, and he just celebrated episode number a hundred. So yeah, it didn't slow him yeah. down. Yeah, it's just kind of where what your personality, I think, and your motives or agenda behind what you're doing. So mine, mine always is evolving and always unfolding and meeting new and interesting people. So it's been great. So are you taking the lessons that you're learning from the podcast back into the classroom? Because you teach sociology, right? I teach sociology. I do. Yes, I am actually. What it's been really weird. You know, you were talking earlier about kind of doors opening for uh, ideas that you had and and products and stuff that you're working on. And I have always loved public speaking. Uh, my goal is to do a, a TED Talk. I mean, I'll start with TEDx, but I really want to do um, a TED Talk. And I've done research in the past. And that, that's kind of more my, my stuff, psychology background of studying people. So I have noticed with the podcasting, I definitely take what I do to the classroom. And then even in the classroom, I bring to the podcast. So it's kind of cool. And then I've just, all these doors have opened up for uh, some public speaking gigs here in Florida. So it's been like really cool. And as a musician, of course, I still call it gigs, but um, I don't know what people call them. I think they call them gigs, but I notice I'm using that word a lot and other people aren't. So maybe they're not calling it that, but I don't know. I just love it. I love having that energy. Um, And I definitely like, I mean, I can do it audio as well, but I really like having the people in front of me and like face to face. And I, I, we have a studio here in the office, so I, I have people come over and we'll, you know, get behind the mic and have fun. What part of Florida? Drink some beer. <laughs> Beer's Lakeland. 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 Okay. Yes. Yes. In between Orlando and Tampa, most people are like, oh, Lakeland, where is that? Yeah, I'm actually from Orlando, but. Okay. Um, do you know Vernon Foster? I do. Yeah. I do. I saw, I listened to his episode. I think that was, might've been, yeah. I listened to his episode with you. Yeah. He's a lot of fun. I love Vernon. And he's in Guatemala now. And you were in Honduras. I was in Honduras (laughs) and me and him were chatting about that. Yes. It's all, it's all uh, good food for me. He's eating good food now. Yeah. So talk a little bit about your Honduras, uh, adventure. Well, whenever I do um, public speaking gigs, I always tell people, real short, you know, I keep it very short, my intro, I keep it about 30 seconds, I say, well, I am a host, I love saying that, host and creator of a nationally syndicated podcast, and they're all looking like, what's a podcast? (laughs) And then I say, uh, internet radio. And then I like to say the the word national, because, and then I say, um, And I've worked with gang members, mentally ill, and business entrepreneurs. And the one thing they all have in common, and they're all like, what? What do they all have in common? Yeah, dramatic, dramatic pause. Very dramatic intro uh, of my bio. It's really the only way I can sum up my experience and not go on and on about myself for 15 minutes like most people do. Um, So I just, uh, I say that. But yeah, what we did was we got together with USAID down there and met some people, um, really had brought a, a girl over here who needed a surgery. She was like dying. And, um, a judge in Orlando, a friend of ours helped help us, you know, basically get her the surgery for free. And it was a very long, tedious thing. So we went back there for a week and I remember walking there with my husband going, there's no way I could live here. This place is a dump. <laughs> it was just, you know, and we get on the plane, we're there for a week. We were sick half the week cause we had, you know, been dehydrated or I don't know, we got some horrid disease intestinal and, 
So he's like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Well, we are going to come back. We are going to move here. We are going to build houses and we're going to just, you know, live here. And I'm like, sure we are. Yeah. Okay, honey. Sure we are. <laughs> was, that so, your first, was that your first time in a, in, a, in a third world country? It was my, yes. Yes. It was my first time. Um, I had been... I'm trying to think if I had been out of the country before that, but it wasn't like, you know, missions. For, it wasn't anything like that. Um, so, yes, yes, it definitely. And we were like in one of the poorest towns. So it wasn't even like going to the capital and hanging out there and doing like we were like in a very, very poor town, like one of the poorest ones in, in Honduras, Choloteca. And so, yeah, and I remember we moved five months later. We, we moved down there like it was crazy. So, I mean, as far as like shotgun people i mean you know the the ready you know aim fire we're yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of like the opposite we just ready, aim later ready, ready fire aim <laughs> yeah so um we did that and then we wound up doors opening we wound up uh starting a team challenge for the gang members over there which are the gang members over there are very very different than gang members here so uh makes california gangs although you guys have them there the ms the um and we have the DSEO show, the 18th Street Gang. So we had both of those, and we were the only program that mixed them. Wow. And um, they had, yeah, killed people. They had left people in the, I mean, their stories were pretty crazy. And it was just amazing to see um, kind of how the program and what we did. I mean, we built it from the ground up. It was cool. It was very entrepreneurial. So, you know, mentally ill and gang members and entrepreneurs do have stuff in common, whether people believe it or not. <laughs> That's funny because you say entrepreneurial, it, I mean, that it was entrepreneurial in nature, but I think there's certain challenges or certain things that you were worried about, like, man, I, I hope we don't bring the two wrong gang members into this meeting as opposed to, hey, does my logo on my artwork look yes, correct? Yes, <laughs> yes. There was some different perspectives as far as, yes, definitely. There there was a few times I was uh, worried or concerned about my safety. Um, but, you know, I think they just, they did machete our, our truck and that was about it. They didn't machete us. So that was good. Um, <laughs> I, I actually have an interesting machete story. So I don't know if I, uh, Ooh, I, told, let's hear it. I told you, but I'm Salvadorian. Ah, so, um, see, I was asking Gavin tonight. I said, do you know where Harry's from? Is he from Colombia? I was trying to pinpoint maybe Colombian, yeah. but then I thought maybe he's, you know, Costa Rican or Central America. I wasn't sure. Yeah, so my wife's Colombian, actually. Okay. But, so we, we do have the, the mix here. But yeah, I'm some... some uh, Salvador. I, I, El Salvador. But I, so I was born there, but I came here when I was 10 months old. So okay. I'm more like a New York. It's still in your blood. New Yorkian. Right. But I must have Spanish blood because I, I, I got there and uh, I was like, these people look nothing like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, and it's funny. There's pictures of my older brother and he looks like the little Dutch boy on the paint, yes. the paint, the paint can. Like little like Aryan, so, Aryan race guy, like little Bob, yellow Bob haircut with like piercing blue oh, wow. eyes. Wow. And I'm like, that, wow. Where that's crazy. I didn't see any of those either. <laughs> wow. That so, is so funny. But I did go back um, finally probably over 10 years ago now and just to see the motherland you know i was gonna see sure. i was wondering if I, I would have some sort of connection um i consider myself a citizen of the of the, of the world so i, I don't yeah. really tend to cling onto specific locations as my ident yeah. my identity yeah and so we went there and we got a little bit of family there and we tried to do some sightseeing but we would go to like these overlook places and you just see the shady characters like with a machete yeah. like hanging out and then they, we go up the hill and then they come up the hill yeah. and then we head out to the overlook and they come over to the overlook and I'm like, 
uh, they're following us and they've got a machete. So <laughs> sightseeing time is over. <laughs> yeah, we're out of here. We don't want to be in the jungles and the mountains up here. <laughs> but so after dark, for sure. <laughs> it's a strange feeling because it's, it's somewhat similar to if you're in a shady part of an urban town. Um, it is very much so. Yeah. But I guess that feeling of like being in another country where it's like, hey, police, since a, a cop's going to show up has a better, yeah. better chance of happening in, in, yeah. in an urban zone as opposed to in the middle of a third world country mountainside. It's so true. It is so true. But, but I will say the things that we learned, I mean, man, did we learn. And, and me and my husband have been on a couple of other podcasts as interviewed. And we'll both say the same thing. It's like the stuff we learned, will, it will it change you forever, like at forever. Like just coming from a, an American citizen mentality and going to another world and seeing about relationships and connections and, you know, all of that, I, I feel like just really blessed to be able to bring that back to, you know, podcasting or business or coaching or whatever it is, you know, or even selling a product, you know, it's like, there's just so much, there's so much to it. And I think having the, the psych background as well and teaching at the, at the school, it, it definitely helps, but and, and some of the businesses we had in the past, we had some, um, we had a drilling business. So I had to work, I really worked with men all the time. So that's kind of why I was like, I am going to do this podcast for men just in general, because I, I have literally, you know, I was so close with my brother, you know, growing up and it's like, I was one of the guys, but I'm a female and I just totally get their perspective because I'm always around them or working with them yeah. or, and then even getting to know, you know, the gang members, it was just amazing, like, to hear their stories and how they grew up as men and the masculinity thing in a third world country being raised by their mom and their grandma, you know, so it's just, it's just amazing. So I was like, you know, what? I'm going to do this show and I want to be a female host and oh, well. <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, if, if you've had so much experience with it um, and you've interacted with men on that level, it just seems like it would be a perfect fit for you to do a show yeah. like that. It's fun. I, I, I don't know. I, I love it. And I have, I have wonderful female, you know, close friends. I mean, great friends that very, I, very tight, you know, and I've had them for years. So that's the other thing about I wanted the show to be about sustainability and longevity and relationships, business you know, whatever it is. And we just celebrated 17 years of being married. And so Congrats. I think, well, gosh, I've lived with one, a guy for so long <laughs> and still am in love with him and still want him and all those things that, you know, a lot of other people that have been married for 17 years are pretty miserable. And, um, so I'm thinking, you know, I, I think I know a little bit and, and I wanted the podcast. I was really trying to gear it more to about communication as well and learning a foreign language uh, and when my son was born, he had like speech problems for years, uh, like three or four years. And, and so I thought, you know, communication is just huge. It's huge wherever you go, cross-culturally, business, you know. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to kind of tie that in. And I'm, I'm still kind of trying to tie that in um, with the guests and with their stories. But it's, it's an interesting road. I'm learning as I go. So it's been fun. Do you think um, people need to do that more? to get out of their comfort zone and do something maybe not as dramatic as travel to a third world country, but do something that's different than their day-to-day -day norm in order to see a perspective that's different than their own? Absolutely. I would, I would tell them if you're not religious, go to like some super like Pentecostal or, or go as a, 
as a um, Caucasian, I remember we went to an all black church, you know, my friend invited me. And I mean, this was like a traditional all black church. And I mean, it was so cool. It was like the best experience. Um, I tell people, you know, being in sociology and psychology, I've done research in strip clubs before and interviewed the girls there. And I mean, just, it's so, it's uncomfortable. I mean, we tried getting into Rachel's down in Orlando and they wouldn't let us in because we didn't actually have a man accompanying us into the, the fine establishment, yeah. uh, the gentleman's club. So, um, you know, we were kind of ticked off about that because we wanted to go to that one because it was a little higher end. But we wound up going to Circus Circus, which I think I might believe is still in Orlando. <laughs> I don't know how familiar with Florida you are, but um, I know I know LA's got its own finer establishment sure. too. But it was so cool. I mean, it was uncomfortable for me. I remember it was for my masters, and I remember thinking, "Oh my god, what am I going to talk to these girls about?" But Man, to hear their stories, like I've been interviewing people a long time, way before I started podcasting. <laughs> so, yeah. like, I mean, it was just so cool. And I don't think you have to do anything that drastic, but I just, I think, yes, I think you need to do something, you know, even going to a place where you're going to meet new people, even for me as extrovert as I am, it still can be intimidating depending on who's there and what, you know, what it's about or whatever. So, it's like you have to walk through that kind of intimidation or fear and just go with it and, and get out of your comfort zone and make a conversation and, you know, meet people. I mean, the best advice I think Dave Delaney said one time, he's a huge networker with um, business networking, and he was like, get out of your house and just go somewhere you wouldn't normally go. Yeah. And just, you know, instead of going to the same Starbucks, go somewhere to some little hole in the wall cafe and find out what happens. Yeah, you can do it incrementally, too. Like you said, do it, go, to a, go to a different Starbucks to start if that's, exactly. the, if that's the extent to, to which you're willing to push yourself. But it's funny because when we're in, we're in this podcasting circle, so, you know, we go to something like Podcast Movement and we see everyone there and we're like, oh, we're right. all podcasters. But I'm sure someone who maybe just started shows up and they're like, oh, I, you know, the, you know, the, there's Nicole. I, I would love to say something, right. but I'm afraid exactly. or, or something like that. And then well, we, we, we have our own people because I know you're specifically yeah. a Tim Ferriss fangirl. So. Huge Tim Ferriss <laughs> fan. Yes. Large Tim Ferriss. And James Altucher. Right yeah. now I'm like completely enamored with James Altucher. Hopefully he's listening to your podcast, Harry. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll, we'll have to make the introduction. Yes, yes. I not, need I'm someone. not saying that I could do it. I'm just saying. Well, I was just telling Johnny Andrews, I said, he wrote me back. And I was so excited. And then and it was funny. I was listening to Noah Kagan talking to him. They were interviewing each other. Or he was, I don't know. And he said, you know, James, what was your deal? I was at a conference one time and you were like my idol. And I was wanting to, and you totally blew me off. So I, I remember hearing that story and it just gave me hope. I was like, yeah. And I am a little prone to um, hero worship, I will say. So I try that was the other thing about the podcast. I wanted people to realize that there are men that are just heroes, like the day-to-day guys, you know, that, like you said, help clean up the kitchen before they start podcasting. And, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, Harry's so sweet. He's helping his wife clean the kitchen. But anyways, um, those are the heroes, you know, that you don't hear about. I mean, those are the ones, you know, we can look at all the Tim Ferrisses in the world. But but really, it's, it's that guy that's, you know, hustling. And he's he's really trying to balance all those areas of his life, you know, his relationships, his business, his money, you know, and think about the future of what he's leaving his legacy behind. I mean, that's one of the questions I ask, you know, at the funeral of yourself, Mm -hmm. which everybody thinks about, you know, what would they say? I mean, are they going to be laughing? Are they going to, you know, think about, wow, he worked his butt off and never saw his family. I mean, what are they going to say about you? So a lot of people, it's like they put thought into that, but 
it's like too late by the time they do it. And, yes. And it's kind of after the fact. And I'm like, wow, I, I wish I would have thought about it. And yeah. you know, sometimes just even asking them the question at least makes them think about it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's if you're not deliberate, I just I, I'm talking about the wealth mindset tomorrow night at this speaking gig. And the one thing I wrote down is that they the wealthy are deliberate. I mean, Bill Gates isn't teaching his kids to get a good education and get a good job. He's being real deliberate about connecting with people with unlimited resources and just working together and and causing movements and making and yeah, he started out as a small biz and went local and then went national and then went global. And and that's why I think if we could all look at the the bigger picture and see that, you know, I, I love talking to Michael Stelzner because he talked a lot about that, just about balancing that with his family and knowing when to pull back and you know, go for, and there is sacrifice involved. You yeah. can't do it all. I mean, a lot of people will promote out there and say you can, and that's, that's a big fat lie. I mean, you really can't, you have to, you, you got to sacrifice some areas. I mean, there was times Gavin and I hustled, man, we didn't connect for weeks, months, you know, we wouldn't. And then we had to be again, deliberate about, okay, we are going away for two days and we are going to just not work and not pick up our phones and unplug and I think if you don't do that, you will burn out health-wise too. You know, I mean, even what you're doing detox, that's awesome because the most uh, men I'm counseling or coaching, they're either, their health is, you know, they've got high blood pressure and they're like, you know, 38 (laughs) (laughs) or they're, you know, not in a relationship or they can't get someone to go out. You know, I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, I think a a lot of, uh, when you jumping back to the part about the relationships, it comes down to communication because you could be busy, you could be extremely busy, but if you're uh, tactful in your communication and you're proactive in terms of what's going to happen, what's on the schedule, do a shared calendar on Google so you Mm -hmm. see what, you know, what events she's got coming up, you got coming up, and then something Mm -hmm. where she needs to know that you've got a podcast interview coming up, so let's not, you know, plan an event where she's like, what? I thought we were going to go out for a walk or have dinner. And so I think it literally, like I've been cognizant of that lately, just trying to over-communicate. And as much as I think I am, you know, there's always room for improvement. Yes, uh, so true. And and like I said, there's been periods where Gavin and I, my husband, he would say, oh, I forgot to tell you, I have this thing. Th-, and I'd be like, what? You know, or... And then sometimes it was because we were both working and so we would have conflict and who's going to watch the kids kind of thing. <laughs> but like... It's like you said, it's almost having to be that daily, um, you said a word there, I can't remember it now, but it was like a daily, you you really have to be on regimen about it and checking calendars and saying, okay, this is what we're doing and um, we're clear here. And, you know, if I, if I have a mutual partner we're working with and I'll say, oh yeah, I just told him tonight, they're they're coming Saturday for lunch at noon, you know, and this is, oh, okay. And then he was even saying, I thought we had something going on. That's the problem with being an entrepreneur and busy that you do always think there is something going on, which usually there is. But Or you can, always, you can always find something to fill the time. You could always find something to fill the time, yeah. yeah. But I'm pretty deliberate as far as that communication and just having certain allotted times of just unplugging, uh, no electronics. I mean, I'm one of those. I, I had just gotten on Facebook as of like last year. So I could totally get lost and it'd be like, oh my gosh, it's 12 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, and yeah. you've been on it. So I'm definitely one of those that I know my personality where I can't, I can't just. I have a, a plugin I'm going to send you. It's called Facebook Nanny. And nice. it connects within Chrome. And then it only lets, if, <laughs> it only lets you go to Facebook if you've been, um, if, if there's an alert. 
So if there's nice. no, and then and then the other thing you can go there for is to compose a message or do one other thing. And then even when you go check on the alert that you had, it it only lets you do that for a minute. And what's the funniest thing about it is, I guess you put in your information at the beginning, and then if you go in at a, a non-allotted time or somewhere, sometime that you're not supposed to, a box pops up and it says, "Nicole, don't you have something better to do?" <laughs> See, I love that. Yeah, Jim Woods was talking to me about that. Eric Fisher's friend, and um, I was like, "Wow!" And he was like, "Oh yeah, I use timers and all this stuff." And I thought, "Oh man, like I don't want to." But you know, it's it's funny if you know what your weakness is, you you definitely would need to use something like that yeah. to. Just not because it, it's like you said. Once you get on it, and then you start, it's like you get lost. It's a rabbit hole. It is. You're reading. Oh, and they posted in here. And what? What else are they talking about in the pod? The podcaster groups are. Wow. Yeah. Most of the time now, I'm kind of over it. I'm like, okay, I'm out. And they're asking the same questions they were asking like five months ago. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. What's happen- What happens with some of the bigger ones is uh, the newer folks come in, and then the folks who've been there for a while. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a cycle because it's like, oh, and it's so it's, true. It's the artwork phase. Everyone's asking about the artwork. It's, yeah. It's the new and noteworthy phase. <laughs> Yes. It's, it's, the, it's the review of my podcast phase. It's yes. A- <laughs> yeah. I've noticed those have stopped kind of dying down. I think she, um, Elsie did uh, a podcast about that kind of maybe bashing it. I didn't listen to it, but yeah. I've noticed a lot of people aren't asking, Hey, you want to trade reviews anymore? Yeah. And I actually, to be in all, since we are talking about podcasting, about podcasting on podcast junkies, <laughs> it's like, uh, I actually will listen to them. You see what I'm saying? I'm not yeah. just going and giving, and I might not listen to the whole thing, but I will listen to enough time to be able to get the gist of, you know, what the podcast is about. And I'm actually pretty critical, which is horrible, um, to other podcasters. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have one of those short attention spans and if it's not novel to me or like I dig your music. So I was listening to yours. I was like, yeah, he's got some, of course he's a DJ, you know <laughs> I mean? He, he knows good music when he hears it. And so I look, uh, even though my artwork is horrible, which is funny. So I would never admit that to anyone else, but I am real strict. Like if I'm five or 10 minutes into it and it's just, uh, it's going on and on. I'm like, wow, I'm out. I'm yeah. out. <laughs> no, of course, because I mean, I, I do the same thing. I, I use those uh, reviews as a, um, me too uh, as a as a way to practice my writing as well. Yes. So sometimes yeah. I, I literally try. I try to write at least more than three or four or five lines because you could see the ones yeah. in iTunes where it's just like, love the show, awesome right. host, awesome great host. show, <laughs> right? Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> I was, yes. I was thinking of having subtitling this show podcast confessions. Yeah, that would be good. That would be good. Podcast confessions, scandalous confessions, juicy. I love using those words. And people are like, "What?" Um. Yeah, with your dramatic pause. Right, right. In this episode of Podcast Junkies, you will hear how Nick <laughs> confesses to Harry. Um, but you're right, and and I also like to give honor to the host. So I actually do some review on the person as well and say, Oh, what are they into? Oh, okay. They're into personal, they're into this, they're into health, uh, you know? So, and I, and I like to welcome them. I want people to feel that, but some of them in the new podcast groups, I just don't have time and I'm, you know, I'd like to add on my input, but I just don't. And I, I actually do wonder how like Jared Easley and some of these guys are constantly involved and engaged. I'm like, Holy cow. They're like amazing. Are they up? Do they only sleep like three hours a night? <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think that's part of their. Uh, I, I think their task for the for the day is to reach out to twenty different. It's podcasters. pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, kudos to them because you know they're asking these cool questions and 
you get, you know, you see the 48 comments and I'm thinking, I don't even want to comment because I don't want to get notifications on all this whole thread. Yeah, I just right. don't. You, jump, you, make, you make one comment and then you're, you're like then sucked you're into in. the thread. I mean, yeah. you've made a commitment. So I'm yeah. thinking, no, I don't, want to, I don't want to make that kind of commitment. Yeah, right. Sometimes are, I will. You it's get just, those Facebook, update, those Facebook updates that say, someone has commented on a thread that you've commented on previously. Yes. And I'm like, oh. somebody likes your comment. And but I'm you like, can unsubscribe. So you got to remember to do that. At some point, you, you can. Say, I yeah. do. I do need to remember to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good because sometimes it does help me connect or find other people. Um, I'm, I'm interested, you know, like you had interviewed Serini. Um, I love just to hear the curious people that he's interviewing or that you're in, you know, so that I do like to see, I like to see different people, I guess for me. And the reason why I say I'm critical about other podcasts is a lot of it is the same. And I'm just kind of like, okay, guys, like novel and fresh, like that's what, you know, that's what keeps things alive. And I always tell people, you know, if you don't find your inner story and your inner identity and you don't don't really know who you are, I mean, my whole motto with Rap with Nick is, you know, what you do comes out of who you really are. So it really isn't about the external and what you're doing. It's about who you are. And that's just like an overflow. And so people get this fresh, unique, you know, thing about you that's so cool. Like even meeting you at podcast, I'm like, Harry's cool. Like he's got some depth to him. He's got you know, music and, you know, you connect with those things that, yeah. you know, that I like. And so you like too, and then we're connecting the old rap and great eighties <laughs> and nineties music. And so, you know, that's what keeps it alive. And I always tell, you know, some of the people that I coach, I'm like, you know, do you want to be around in a year? I mean, do you want to mm-hmm. be, you know, or do you just want the, the famous names? Cause it's funny when you ask out in the real world, about Jamie Tardy or Michael Stelter. Nobody knows who they are. <laughs> so it's like, it is funny. That's true. You know, it is podcast underworld is what's really happening here. It's or, and, what, or what is known as a micro celebrity. Yes, exactly. So, and that's cool. You know, I mean, it is, it's a cool thing, but it's like, keep things fresh, keep them different, keep it novel. And so, yeah, we have, uh, well, we all have interests outside of podcasting, right? So exactly. there's no reason why you can't take the topic that you're discussing. I mean, you, yours is wide open with, you know, real men, real talking. Yeah. You obviously you could start with some of the podcasters, but there's so many really, really interesting guys you could talk to and have some really fascinating conversations. And I think if you go out of your way to look for someone off the beaten path, Yes. Um, and then every once in a while, mixing some of the more popular or popular sure. in our circles names. Sure. Um, I think it'll, like you said, in the same way that it that a person doing that with other likes uh, rounds themselves out, I think a, mm-hmm. a podcast itself has its own personality. And by doing that, you round yourself out. You, you round yourself out as a podcast as well. I like that. And I like the wording of it, rounding yourself out, because that's really what what it is about what you know, I think a lot of us are trying to do in life in general, you know, just kind of make this, the edges smooth and round it out and make it full, you know, make that, that a, a fullness and satisfying for you. And my, my whole motto is if I'm not having fun doing it, I literally have recorded stuff and not aired it. I mean, I have stuff in the can. I mean, from people who are probably wondering, hey, when is she going to post? <laughs> and I don't yeah. know, man, I'm real into intuition and just yeah. following my gut. I've done a lot of study on the gut. I mean, it's, it's an amazing, I mean, again, you're, you're doing this 10 day detox. It is amazing how creative you're going to be after this 10 days. Cause the gut, I mean, 90% of it, our disease starts there and it's like when that's not, and then, you know, you feel things when you're emotional or something, you feel it in your gut. You know I mean? I've suffered a lot of loss. I've had, you know, trauma. It's like all of that 
And so I follow my gut and if I, sometimes I'll record something and I'll be like, no, I'm not even airing this or I'm not airing this this week. And it's, I don't know if this happens with you, Harry, but I'll do an interview with someone. And I'll think, oh my God, that was so good. And then I'll listen to it. I'll be like, this interview blows. And then <laughs> I'll shelf it, right? For like, you know, a couple of weeks or a month and I'll listen to it again. I'll be like, oh my God, this was like a really good interview. <laughs> So, yeah, it's hard to I'm tell. Not sure what that yeah. is, it's hard but... to tell in the moment. Like, there's interviews. Obviously, when you're doing them, you're like, "This is going great," and then yeah. and then you hear it right after. It's like, "Yeah, it's not too bad." And like you said, I, I guess maybe they have a shelf life, and you can't overthink it, and you have to just get it out there yes. and let other people give way in. Kind of see, right, right. So, um, the other thing that, that I, I, I was listening to one of your shows, and I think one of the comments that you made that I'm not sure if it was you or a guest, but you, we were talking about you being specifically made to do something on this earth. Mm, yeah and uh, i wonder if you could dig into elaborate. that cause, yeah elaborate on that because that you know i hear things like that sometimes and they resonate a lot because uh they, they tend to strike a chord yeah well i do teach a lot about uniqueness and uh, especially working with college students you know they're all going there and they're all on mom and dad's penny usually i, I teach at a private college florida southern i was like rated one of the best most beautiful um uh frank um lloyd right right yes thank you uh, did all the architectural design and whatever. It's, it's an amazing campus. So, you know, I, I teach them that I did a lot of studies of psychology and sociology and, you know, the uniqueness of a person is actually really amazing. So twins, like, you know, the fraternal and identical twins do not have the same thumbprint. And so it's like, I truly believe that you are created, and again, it goes back to that finding out who you are and just really following your heart. I mean, which is very difficult to teach specifically to men because we are, as women who have children, I have little babies, you know, you're very intuitive. You know why that baby's crying. You know what your, your son needs. You know, he's over there, you know, upset about something. And I mean, my husband will laugh. He'll be like, oh, I didn't know. Uh, yeah, I wasn't, you know. <laughs> yeah, I heard you, so mention, I you mentioned something that Jordan Harbinger, when you were talking to him, is like, yeah, oh, she's hungry. I know. I can tell by the crowd. Right, right. So it's like, oh, I just know. And, and my husband will be like, how did you know that? And um, so I think, you know, and we were laughing, me and Jordan, about the 2%, you know, of women being a tiny bit more intuitive than, than the men because of that, because of the biological aspect of it. But I also really believe that every person, man and woman, has a specific, um, almost like a just cause, a mission for their life or a design that they Calling. are really, yeah, meant to do. And I believe truly 110% that if you don't do it, it, it will not get done. I mean, maybe somebody else will mimic and try to, you know, do something that way. But I just believe there's something in us that we were called to create and produce, you know, being a musician, it's like, uh, my husband and I know a lot about the sound of it and the mixing and the producing to make a, a song or an album, you know, come alive. And I just feel like, and that's why I always go back to the fun aspect of it. I'm like, man, if I'm not feeling alive when I'm doing something or loving it or having fun doing it, uh, there's joy there then I don't want to be doing it. Like I would rather die yeah. <laughs> than live a boring life. You know, I, I feel like I talk a lot about desire and awakening and arousing, you know, those inner wants and desires. And a lot of people talk about it in the business realm, you know, oh, appeal to their needs and desires and whatever. And that's actually really true because, <laughs> but most people, what me and my husband are laughing about, most people truly don't know what it is they want. They haven't really taken the time to set aside 
and be with themselves long enough to find out what is it that I really want. A lot of people will say freedom and lifestyle and the money. money, Right, right. But there's, I believe there's just even deeper than that. There's like some deeper, you really want to know that you have this irreplaceable role and that you've got this role in a larger story, you know, that, that means something that makes a dent in the world, you know? And that's why I, I loved working with, mentally ill people. Um, and I have a lot of friends who, you know, I mean, one out of five or four now are classified mentally ill, but I I think we're all, I think in deep down, we're all a little crazy if we really tapped into it and it's a good crazy. It's not like this, you know, Oh my God, scary, lock them up with a straitjacket, but it's a good crazy where you could tap into something that hasn't even been seen before. And that's why it's crazy because, I mean, look at Steve Jobs. He was doing something, creating a whole cause and a movement because he knew that it had never been produced before. And so I just feel like for us to die empty, you know, I interviewed Todd Henry about that, you know, and and have all that inside of us and not come out. I think it's probably the worst thing that could ever happen, you know, just to say, well, I had – you know, all this stuff that I could have done. And then I only did 5% of it because I was worried about, you know, making money or I was worried about, you know, this or that. I, I think I love conversations like this. They give me chills. I know, me too. <laughs> I love it too. It makes me feel alive. <laughs> so it's interesting. You talked about your role in a larger story. That speaks to someone else you're a fan of, um, Joseph Campbell. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, you see that arc, you know, you know, obviously – George Lucas was inspired, and then you see yes. this, you see the story play out in, in movies and books and things like that. But when you really think about it, and you put yourself in those shoes, I listen to Joe Rogan a lot, and he said you should live your life like you're the hero in a movie, and it's you know yes. the, the same concept. But if you were watching a movie and it's boring, you're like this guy doesn't do anything. What's the excitement? Where's this guy going to go do something? Find an adventure, you know? Exactly. Like you pretend like someone's watching you in a movie and you're like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta be exciting or no one's going right. to want to watch me. Right. Right. And I always relate it, of course, because of Joseph Campbell to, um, that small story and how we live small, you know, and a lot of people now are really into personal development. So they're like, yes, you know, take the risk. Don't be afraid. And, and I laugh because, you know, it's all on Facebook. And I, I've been guilty. I'll, I'll post a few motivational, inspirational stuff. But um, what I'm learning is it's a mixture of it. It's, it's the beauty and the adventure with affliction and endurance, you know, um, of, of painful things as well. And Joseph Campbell was not, uh, by any means, you know, he talked about slaying your dragons and you know, facing them and following your bliss. And so he knew, he really intertwined. But I think a lot of people just take the bliss part, but they forget about the dragon, you know, or they kind of over-glorify the dragon part and say, yes, you should overcome, but they don't really show you what that looks like. Yeah. <laughs> and so I do a lot of teaching on um, ambivalence. I do a lot of ambivalent work with psychology. And so I teach people um, to really be okay with mixture. Like I laugh because we are so bipolar as a society. Like we, we want it black or we want it white, but we don't want any gray. You know, we don't want any nitty gritty and messy stuff. And, um, but really to have a full adventurous life, it is mixed. There is good and bad and ugly and it's all together. You know I mean? We can separate it out and say, Oh, we're only going to think on the positive, but Really, you have to have both, and and it is an adventure. That actually is the adventure of stepping out of your ordinary 
into this crazy journey where you are taking risks and you know, you're, you're meeting some pain when you do that, you get disappointed, you know, you get let down and yet you keep going because you know, there's this bigger story. There's a bigger role, you know, there's a bigger picture to the whole thing. And when I'm counseling people who are desperate, you know, and maybe suicidal, it's really mainly what I worked with. Um, I worked on a psych unit for six years and it's like, man, you've got to give them some hope. And if they don't see that bigger picture, if you can't paint a bigger picture for someone, um, and you got to start with yourself, you're not going to be able to do that for anyone else. So it's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, it's, I think it's like vital. I think it's like, like air to us. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. <laughs> That's fantastic. how passionate I am about it. <laughs> I can tell. And I'm so happy we got to finally speak because like we're, we're speaking the same language and I just love your enthusiasm and, uh, I'm just really excited when I meet people that are that I consider like-minded souls, and I, I think yes. uh, you and I are, are like that. And it's funny because when sometimes you don't have to meet people for a long period of time. It's not like we've known yeah. each other for years, but yeah. like we meet in person. I'm like, it's a, for me, it's a vibration thing. It's like an energy yes. exchange thing, mm -hmm. and you either vibe with the person or you don't, and you're like something is off about the person, and yeah. you don't. You have one conversation and that's it. But other people, you're just like you just want to be around them because they're just yes. emanating this 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 energy, this uh, this zest for life, which is awesome. Yes, and that's exactly how I felt when I met you at podcast moment. I was like, we were all sitting in our mastermind group, and um, and I was like, man, you know, and I just, of course, this is part of my personality, but if nobody's, you know, leading conversation or talking, I will definitely start doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it was cool. You know, there was some little stuff happening, but uh, I definitely felt, yeah, connected with you. And I was like, cool, Harry, like <laughs> podcast junkies. So I was excited, but it is an energy. It definitely is a, uh, I like what you said, like the like soul minded there, because it's a lot of it is our soul. It's that deep yearning again that desire for more and you know there's more see that's the thing mm. with people who are really trying to find their call they know there's a knowing and i talk about the knowing a lot it's actually deeper than an intuition because an intuition is kind of like an inkling so that's like a little nudge or a little you know a little gut feeling here and there but a knowing is like a conviction i mean you couldn't tell me that there's something that you know that i know that i'm called to do that anybody could convince me otherwise. It'd be like telling Steve Jobs, you're not going to, you know, sell, you know, whatever and do this and make a whole revolution and change the world. So it's, there's a knowing, a deep knowing. And, and I really think the only way to get to that is to really keep going on the journey and finding yourself and not, I teach people this a lot. Don't harden those areas in your life where you have had disappointment, you have had, you know, failures and, um, because that's what we tend to do. We tend to self-protect and harden and just, you know, and then our demons get bigger because we're not really dealing with them. And so I actually did a podcast recently about confrontation and how it's just so, it sucks so bad to do it. You know I mean? You have to do it in your business. Yeah. You got to do it with, you know, VAs that are ticking you off or people or your wife or, you know, me and Gavin. I, I mean, I can't tell you every time we took a huge risk, like moving to a third world country or starting a business or starting our own nonprofit, it, there was huge confrontations. <laughs> huge. As, as well as should be, right? Yeah, huge heated debates, and they were always centered around that. Um, and so, but I loved it because, I mean, I hated it at the time. It sucked, but but I loved it afterwards because I would see such growth and such life come from that and such, um, you know, I call it 
I call it fruit because you're bearing, you're producing something, you know. And so other people can eat of that fruit and say, wow, this is really good. You know, or you can make wine with it and people can drink it and say, this is good stuff, man. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that's really what we're called to do. And, and your wine tastes so unique and specific like no other. And so that's how if people could think of it like that, you know, if you could get to your fruit and really make your wine so that others can partake of it. And that's what a wealth mindset is. You know, that's what people that are with unlimited resources, they're not limited by fear and money and all that other crap. They're saying, you know what, I am here to connect with other powerful and influential people. And that's what the podcast is about. Powerful and influential men, you know, moving, moving the world and changing lives. Did you hear the uh, Tony Robbins interview on Tim Ferriss? No, I haven't. You know, I've been a little out of loop lately. Is he, it recent? He, yeah, it's his. I think it's his latest one. Totally and uh, he's that. been hitting it out of the park lately. He had uh, Ramit Sethi on there, which is really good. But he's that, my favorite, too. But I'm that, a huge Ramit fan. But that uh, Tony Robbins episode, it was a two-parter. And it's about money and uh, yeah. and our relationship with it. And he gets mm-hmm. to speak to some um, really powerful people in, in finance. And these are people who like are so famous or so rich that they're they're not famous because they don't like to be in the news. But they're yeah. billionaires, you know, sure. tr- trillionaires. Yeah. And uh, of course, Tony Robbins got access to them. Right. And, so, and, and he pulls out these crazy nuggets of information. But you're so motivated in typical Tony Robbins fashion. Yes. <laughs> By the time you're done with the episode, you're just like, where's the book? I got to order the book. I want to go to Amazon right, right, right. now and yeah. pre-order it and stuff like that. So Yeah, he's, it's like a, a magic. But again, what he has, and I've studied Tony how he came about and how um, it was actually Jay Abrams that really like pushed him to even charge for his client, you know, to charge a, a higher premium for his client coaching. Cause I, I'm real into that. Cause that's what I do. I do coaching and counseling and to see the energy behind and, and all that unfolding go with Tony's, um, like I know him, you know, like me and him are real good friends, you know, me and Tony <laughs> were kicking it the other day, but to see his life and I do study people. So just watch how it all unfolded and how he does, he actually jumps and does like boxing moves like before he goes out and speaks yeah. to get like the energy moving for him. Cause I mean, he's like a, machine gun, you know, yeah. when he comes out, but he said, it's all been unfolding for me to know what, what those nuggets are and just learning, asking those questions, like what me and you were doing on podcasts, you know, getting those nuggets from other people and taking that and saying, okay, what can I glean from this? What do I need to add to this in my life? You know, and he, he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, the, it's that constant curiosity of, how do I do what I do better? You know, these, these, these folks, they, they operate at another level. Totally and, different level. And it's like their mindset. When you hear their mind and you get an opportunity to kind of listen in, mm-hmm. uh, fly on the wall stuff with some of these conversations, you're just like, oh, man, their, their like, thinking process is like so advanced. But yep. sometimes by virtue of just listening to them, like I, I got charged up. I was like motivated. I was like, yes. I, don't, I don't know if it was the coffee or some brain supplement I had taken that day, but <laughs> I was wired listening to the podcast. I was yes. like, man, these guys are firing me up. Yeah, it makes you high. I mean, it kicks in that dopamine and it it gives you a piece of that knowing. That's what I believe. And that's what he has. He has conviction. There's yeah. nothing that you could say. If you were doing, you know, like we do, you know, rap offs, you got Eminem and someone else in the ring and they're, you know, or, or dance offs. If you could do a motivational speaking off, you know, Tony, there's nothing you could say 
to that would back down what he's yeah. he's pulling out of himself and into others. You know, it's just amazing. And the storytelling, he see, he has everything that I basically want to master. So storytelling, um, frame control, you know, learning all those body language and how to read people and how to just even pull them out of a, I've seen him in an audience just pull someone out, you know, and just speak into their life and they're bawling, you know, and I'm thinking, damn, that is magic, dude. <laughs> that's, yeah. like, that's where it's at right there. But he's doing it, I mean, with such a heart of just wanting to see this person, you know, get to that level. I mean, yeah. that's what's so amazing is it is that energy that we're feeling when we're listening to that. It's like, oh my gosh, I could do this too. And that's what's so cool about it because it is in us. It's always been in us. And if we could just tap into it and cut out, and that's what I do in coaching. I just cut out the crap, man. Let's just cut this down, cut it down. In fact, with my speech before me and you got on tonight, I was cutting it out, cutting out stuff, taking out lines, killing my babies. Like James Officer says, mm-hmm. I just write and I cut it out and I just get way, I just, it's like a microscope. I'm just yeah. getting more specific, more specific on what my message is, what my, who I am, my identity, my ideas, because ideas are the currency right now of, of America. You know, it's not about money anymore. It's about your idea and how much you can get it to um, travel, you know, and, and people to hold on to it and, and really run with it. That's business 101 right now, you know, yeah, podcasting, what you're, everything. What you're doing is putting a premium on, on your words, right? Yes. Like it, there's a value to everything that's going to go on that paper and that's eventually going to come out of your mouth when you're on stage. And it's like, you know, you have a set period of time to deliver a message Yes. And, you know, what you choose to do in that period of time, how powerful that message is, you know, speaks to the preparation you've done beforehand. Well, and that's what I love about your podcast coming up, Productivity Sauce, like 15 minutes. My talk tomorrow night is 15 minutes. They put a big clock. So it's it's kind of cool. It's like a mini prep for TED Talks, you know. And so you, you can pick any topic you want. I'm doing Wealth Mindset. And um, so it's that 15 minutes, it, you know, because most of us really don't think about it, but we would go on and on and on. I mean, yeah. I've been sitting here babbling for you with you for <laughs> the last, I don't know where my timer is, but like 30 minutes, you know, an hour almost. Yeah. So it's crazy. And that's what you're, you're, that podcast you're coming out with, productivity, it's going to be tight, man, because people want that. They don't have time pass. And if the statistics show 18 minutes. There is actual science yeah. behind why a TED Talk is 18 minutes long. Well, you're aiming for some big things, and I think you're going to hit all your goals. I mean, you're not just going doing TEDx. You want actual TED Talk. And, That's right, baby. That's right. I, I think the, the the way you attack things, the way you you take on challenges, it's just obvious. That it's not a matter of uh, you know if it's going to happen. I think it's just a matter of when. But I'm I'm looking forward to when that happens. Thanks, Harry. <clears throat> I can't wait. I just hope I never lose. I'm always using my voice. So I'm always losing it. Um, you know what the key is to it, and I'll tell anyone listening to your, your podcast tonight, it is really not giving to bleepity bleeps shits. I mean, it really isn't. Because when I stop caring about what others think or what others are going to say or why am I not making this much or that, it's like <clears throat> I just don't care anymore. I really don't. Yeah. It's like life's too short. I've lost too many people in my life to realize like I don't have time to worry about what you're thinking of me, you know? Yeah. Except for tonight I was worried you were gonna put this on video <laughs> because I have no makeup on. But even then I would get over it. Yeah. There's worse things that have happened. You've been in Honduras, so I know. And I didn't wear makeup then. You just sweat it off. So <laughs> So um what have you got coming up in terms of guests on the show? 
I am aiming to get The Rock on the show, Dwayne. Wow. <laughs> I totally have been uh, – I haven't been stalking him. No, I, I don't want to be uh, needy, but I've been just putting it out there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get uh, – Jesse, Jesse Elder and I have talked. Do you know who he is? He does no. um, ethical cult building. He's, he's really cool. He's uh, in the personal niche development and um, – He's a neat guy, so he he's doing lots of things like moving and shaking with, you know, your identity and success and and stuff. So cool. uh, we've chatted. I'm going to get him on, but yeah, my my stretches are. I mean, I'm still really holding out for James Altucher, and I have reached out to Ryan Holiday. Johnny Andrews and I were laughing about this. He had reached out to him too. Ryan Holiday's good friends with Tuck, mm-hmm. Tucker uh, Tucker Mark, so. I'm friends with him on Facebook, and I actually I put some value out there, man. I said I said I'll, I'll write you some ten ideas, you know, for your next book or something, or I'll do some intern work if you need. <laughs> I'm a huge Ryan Holiday fan. I haven't had um, the balls to ask Ramit. Well, I take that back. I, I was I was one of Ramit's students, so I did okay. ask him when I first. I didn't even launch yet, and I asked him, and of course, you know, there was the big rejection there, but. Um, but I love Ramit. I, he's he is one of my him and Tim Ferriss, and then I Tim Ferriss. I haven't even yeah, I haven't yeah. even attempted asking. So those guys I have to ask James, uh, Tim Ferriss, or not Tim Ferriss, Remy and Ryan Holiday. I was thinking Ryan Holiday will show me some love. I just got to get creative and how to ask. It's all in the asking. Well, it's all in the intention. <laughs> so that's like you put it out there already. So I think that you're sort of halfway there now. It's putting those vibrations out. So all I right. think. On your road to having that happen. Well, the cool thing about Dwayne the Rock, um, Hercules, shall we call him? He uh, he actually tweeted me because I made a public tweet out to him. And I was like, "Hey, you know, I only interview real men. Are you in?" I, I was kind of like giving a almost like a almost borderline cocky. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Overly, but I thought, well, what the heck do I have to lose? I mean, it's the Rock. So, um, and then I don't know if you know, we live in Florida. The Gator Boys. Have you heard of that show? The Gator yeah. Boys. They actually like wrestle alligators on TV. It's on. Uh, I can't remember what what show it's on, but it's on Netflix, and it's called The Gator Boys. And so I've reached out to them as well. So recently, so hopefully I'll I'll hear back from have, them. What about you? Have you? Uh, um, I've got some interesting guests coming up. Um, I'm working towards having Jordan on as well. Yes. And, yes. Um, the guys cool. who do the performance enhancing podcast. Elon oh, Jordan, okay. really, yeah. really fascinating guys. And so it's interesting. Um, I had a really good episode that's going to be released in a day or two with uh, John Corcoran. He used to work right for the White House. Yeah. And uh, it's just kind of the network effect because it's opening, it. open up, opening up doors to other podcasters. It is really fun so, to do that. It is it, the networking effect to see that happening. Yeah. Have you heard of the um, Exponential You podcast? I have heard of it. Yes. Yeah, that's with uh, Nitha Kazmi, and she's she actually speaks to an audience similar to the audience you speak to. So you yeah, I'm friends with her yeah, on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Let's check that mm-hmm. out. She's really good. Yeah. Um, I should interview her, but she's a girl. <laughs> well, I am going to do real time, real women only. Yeah. Though it'd be interesting because you both are tackling sort of like the same subjects, and you could kind of riff riff on that for a bit. So. Maybe me and her could um, co-host something. Yeah, yeah. have like a couple guests. That'd be fun. You could be our um, hot seat. <laughs> I'll make sure I prep for that. Your productivity is going to be mad, though, because some of your stuff is like, you've got some mad skills. Thank you. Appreciate that. It's going to be cool. And you have to be on real time. I've already asked you. We just have to coordinate yeah. it. We'll make it happen. Uh, it's gonna be, I can't if wait. If anybody can see you right now, you're turning red. It's funny. <laughs> 
<laughs> He's such a humble guy. And guys. if they couldn't see, now they know. Thanks. Now they know. <laughs> so uh, let, let's let's uh, let's bring this home. Where, okay. What? Uh, where do you want people to stalk you on the internet? Definitely rat with Nick, and that's R A P with N I C. Um, they can stalk me there on Twitter, uh, Facebook, wherever um, website. Rap with Nick, and that links to the podcast. So. I don't know why I kept Rat with Nick as the main, but I just I did have an idea of doing different podcasts in real time, real health only, because I'm really big into fitness and um, emotional. You know, really, I actually am supposed to do a relationship show. It's going to be live, so we're, we'll have call-ins, and it's nice. um, yeah, like video. Dr. Drew, the Dr. Drew. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Drew in a female form. <laughs> On that note. Thank you so much for making Thank time. Thank you. Making time. What an honor. Thank you so much, Harry. It's so good to see you. So thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed that episode. All our current episodes and back episodes are available at podcastjunkies.com. So you can check out the individual show notes pages. And we're starting to put transcripts on there as well if you want to dig into the details of the conversation. As always, this show lives and dies by its reviews. So head on over to podcastjunkies.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher to leave us a review for a particular episode or for the overall show if you're digging it. Those are greatly appreciated and uh, we'd love to get that feedback anytime we can. So if you've got an idea for a guest or for an upcoming show or you think we should be speaking to someone, also send us that feedback on our contact page at podcastjunkies.com. Thanks for listening. I truly, truly appreciate it. And I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Mm-hmm.